The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Arturia, Avid, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers. In this week's edition, I'm John Bershire, Graham Kirkman, and Steve DeMott. We're going to be discussing plug-in UIs, uh, what's important about them, and what, what helps. What helps us do the work that we do in a plug-in UI? We spend loads of our days staring at these things. Some are better than others, so that's where we are today. I'm going to hand over to Ashir. Please, start us off. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so Julian, uh, you sort of mentioned in your article that plugins have come a long way in terms of functionality and, and design over the years. Um, we don't really, you know, we haven't got much time to sort of go into too much of the history of plugins. Um, but it would be good to discuss what we sort of believe makes a plugin user interface uh, successful and what doesn't, you know. You know what I thought when you were saying that? I, I felt what? like the chat show guest. And you would do, and you were immediately handbrake turning into the reference to the book that I have for sale. You know, it's like let's oh, really? talk, let's let's talk about the article straight away. Yes, no, I uh, this this um, article went out uh, well um, t- today actually, although it won't okay. be today by the time this goes out. And yes, it was prompted by um, just thinking about why I favour some plugins over others, and, and and whether or not the fact that I'm not having a good time in a plugin makes any difference to somebody who's listening to the thing that I'm doing in the thing. They don't care if I've keep pressing the wrong button or something you know it's like it really doesn't matter unless you can unless you can hear frustration in a mix which you probably can um i mean i know what i know what i prefer and i mean when we were discussing this issue you Mm. you kind of uh planted your flag as well in that Mm. while i don't philosophically agree with a skeuomorphic photorealistic plugin i really like plugins that look pretty Oh, me too. I'm so superficial in that way. Yeah, yeah. We're just vapid, aren't we? <laughs> but aren't there yeah. some sort of new? How do you pronounce it? I don't know how you pronounce it. Neuromorphic plugins as I well. I don't know. Which is What's basically, that? It's, it's basically um, designed to uh, show depth. So you, it can look like sort of knobs and controls, but it's not actually designed as a, based on any kind of hardware. Ah, so Does okay. that make sense? So, so maybe something like the Sprite, the Air Sprite. That has those kind. It looks like knobs, but they're sort of designed in a kind of three D way, rather than a sort of. Mm. Oh, I want that to look like I don't know. Possibly a, a good example would be hardware. one that I um, I was thinking about when I was writing the piece, which was: Does anybody know what um, the uh, parallel particles waves plugin looks like? Yes. Mm. That no. okay. Google it, um, and basically you just look at it and you think, "Wow, what what was going on there?" Because that's extremely three D, but it doesn't look like anything that actually exists. Um, yeah, so that's probably neuromorphic. I think it probably is. We've got guests. We should talk to them, though. I mean, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, maybe if we, Graham, you're on. Welcome, Graham. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you've been on the pod before, have you? Have you on the podcast? Yeah, you a while have, back. That is a while mm-hmm. back. In that case, because I, I must back. have been on it as well. In that case, uh, uh, in that case, we're moving swiftly on, <laughs> doing <laughs> the work that you do. Um, what what kind of you know is, is it about feedback? Is it about ease of use? Is it about oh, it just depends on the plugin in a way? So I suppose that an obvious answer is a plugin that's easier to use is theoretically easier to get the best out of. You would think, um, and ones that are super complicated. If I can't work it out really quickly, I'll probably never go back to them. Okay, Do you know what I mean examples so a, of each maybe. I didn't really. I didn't sure it was a <laughs> nice. To give Don't examples. put me on the spot. Yeah. Let's just say I'm not gonna. There's some reverbs I've got which are so they're ugly and quite complicated and difficult to search through. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've stopped using them uh, and 
since I've gone to Silicon Native, they don't work anyway. So that was good. Oh, that good good clue. And then there's other ones like, um, like the one that I use now for mostly cinematic rooms, which I find really beautiful to look at. Easy to search. It's got filters in it to narrow things down. You can put reverb times in and it brings back the ones that work. And oh, it's I'm very glad you mentioned that because there's something I was going to put in the, in the article, but I didn't just because when you're doing these things, it's often about what you leave out or else it just turns into a book. But having really good search... And I was thinking yeah, about yeah. things like things like the Toon Track stuff where you can search by rhythm and stuff like that, you know, but actually really good point, being able to search by reverb decay time. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if others, I'm sure there are others that can do it, but I've sort of stuck with cinematic rooms now for the most part, and I know that does it. So it's really nice to go, I need something less than a second, and type it in and the, all the others disappear. Mm. Very good point. And, cool. and, and a fast mix is usually a good one, so I see exactly why you say that. Yeah. Uh, the resizability is massive as well. There's still not enough plugins that do it. It's crazy. Because when you're um, doing like a dialogue pass on, on the whatever, you've got every single noise reduction plugin open and they just take up a, you basically need a screen these days, if not two, to use them. Uh, and half of them aren't resizable, which is so why, What do you think causes that? What, why do you think developers are sort of not able to, to add that feature? Do you think? I think they can. It's just, um, it's become fashionable now because there's more and more of those plugins appearing. And so um, people like FabFilter let you resize and uh, um, the Ulean loudness meter, which I use, lets you, I use it A, because it's brilliant. B, it's easy to read. And C, it's resizable. Mm, Fantastic. Yeah. I don't Very want, good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want whatever taking up half my screen i don't yeah. all i need to see is the small bit they, they are yeah. they are one to there is some technical stuff part. behind behind that of kind of like how the ui is built but yeah. i mean i know that quite a lot of them have had to be revisited because of they've, they've had to be rejigged to be apple silicon native and yeah. it's kind of been happening there's an example i call out in the in the article where i'm talking about there was a period it's it's, it's not like this anymore but there was a period with uad where you had an extremely old UI, and obviously screen resolutions get, get bigger over time. Of a, of a, it was like a DBX160 that was tiny. And then they, they brought out the Distressor plugin, which took up half the screen, and they were both non-resizable. And it's just kind of like, this is, it shouldn't be like this. And, and, they, and they fixed it now, but, you know, it's like, I, I'm with you on that. But also being able to put bits of the interface away, because, I mean, I'm thinking about stuff yeah. like uh, Revibe, is a monster. It really is in terms of its mm. its its interface. It's I find it really hard to read. It's a good reverb, but hard to read. But it, at least you can put loads of that nonsense away if you're not if if you don't need That's it. That's the same as um, decibel, isn't it? Have any of you guys tried decibel? The loudness. Yeah, I've used decibel. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It's nice because it's you can put it on your iPad or your phone, and you don't need to take up any space. But if you do take up space, uh, you can only put on it what you want. Therefore, it becomes smaller. You're right. The so UI, you can choose panels that. that you yeah. you put together yeah. in it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I know I keep banging on about the Air Sprite, um, but I think that's really handy as well because do you ever sort of get decision fatigue, you know, where you're just sort of like, oh, I don't know, I don't want all these controls and dials in front of me. I just want something simple. And if I do want the option of going in and, you know, mm. getting a bit more whatever with it, then I can. And that's why I like the, it looks really pretty as well, but... Um, yeah, it just feels simple, and it doesn't sort of uh, assault your all of your senses at once. I know? should know what that looks like, but I've just had to do an image search for it because I couldn't actually yeah. remember. I and mean, we've run stuff about it on the site and stuff. The mm. thing that strikes me about that is that there's an awful lot of wasted space in that UI. 
Okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, okay. It does look nice, though, doesn't it? I, <laughs> I mean, it's not, well, okay, you know, um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> that is part of it, though, isn't it? I mean, you've got to spend 10 hours a day looking at this damn thing. It may as well look pretty. Exactly. There's, I mean, exactly. that sounds really superficial, but there's a truth in it, and that's why um, I think a lot of the um, plugins that are successful... It's no coincidence that they're the prettiest, most modern ones. And some of the old-fashioned ones now, I, I think people are just, not everyone, but a lot of them are dropping them, especially ones that, uh, I need to look up that word you said. The ones that make, when it looks, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, those ones. Um, <laughs> there's more and more people these days, like 18, 17, 16-year-olds, starting on Pro Tools and stuff. They've never seen this old analog gear. They don't even care what it looks like. It's true. They just want right. a plug-in yeah. they can open up that works they don't care if it looks like a 1960 god knows what they don't care ever wondered what it's like to mix an entire album for kanye or layering vocals for chris brown join your hosts cash and g every fortnight as we sit down with some of your favorite artists producers and engineers to talk everything music brought to you by avid pro tools that sounds great i really like the um the waves magma tube channel strip have you seen that one? You keep mentioning ones I've yeah. never heard. Oh, really? No, that's up. really nice. It's really, it's got this like knob in the middle and it's really mm. glossy and it's really kind of detailed Oh, I, as well. Yeah, the, it's very yeah. shiny, big Bakelite knob. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just yeah. looks lovely. I, I really like it. And it kind of sounds like glossy as well, you know. Mm. That's, that's, I, that's subtle, that is, but you, you do reveal a point here. We should bring Stephen, actually. We haven't, uh, but um, there's, uh, um, for a plug-in to be experienced, it has to be chosen. Mm. And right. if it looks nice, then you you kind of like you know when you're flicking through, so, oh hello, you know. What I mean, no, even before that, for a, for a plugin to get used, it's got to be bought, you know, unless it's a stock one, absolutely, or a free one. But even then, when I'm choosing the free plugins for the uh, free plugin thing, if there's one that looks nice, it goes right up the list because I think well, people will like that because look at the picture, you know. And that's and the also thing if they it see looks first. how it sounds as well, you know. Yeah. That's that's pretty there's cool. There's a whole conversation there, Steve. We yeah. should talk to you. Come on, let talk to us about uh, about kind of user interface stuff in plugins and stuff that you like and stuff that you're not so keen on. So, first and foremost, i i don't like I don't like hidden controls. I don't like having to search for additional controls to things. I want everything sitting in front of me in one place. You know, I, like for instance, um, one of my favorite delays is the uh, McDSP EC three hundred. Oh yeah, okay. But if you don't know to pop the top open, you <laughs> don't see all the, the the compression controls and all uh, of that. I just, you know, I get the idea; it's kind of cool, but that's kind of looking like hardware for no good reason. I think so. Those types of things really bug me because sometimes. Um, if you don't know they're there, you're missing functionality. It's it's like the UAD did something similar with the with the two lexicon reverbs they did. Yeah, and you can tweak and lift the cover and you know and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's great. The it, immediately when you said that, I thought about there's a thing you can do in Boom in uh, in Pro Tools where if you if you click and drag on the screws, it's like a sort of like a, a sort of saturationy kind of trash it up control for the drum sounds. But it's it's totally undocumented undocumented yeah. it's well, just yeah. one of those tricks which is and when it yeah and when it comes to things like the the whole skeuomorphic thing i don't mind that because most of that stuff i've used so i it, it mm. instantly tells me what i'm 
what I should expect, right? So when you see an LA-2A, you know what those knobs do and you just know where to reach for them. You don't even have to think. Same with an 1176 or a DBX-160, anything like that, right? You, you just know right i've, I've got to those... jump in there just because i remember uh the, i i had never used an 1176 before i came across bf 76 and i didn't know that the knobs went backwards and yeah. it confused the hell out to me and uh, it's always been something that's a little bit divisive for me of like should you though and i mean of course you should if you if you're if you're doing authentic you've got to follow through well and the, you know coming out of that there is an actual piece of hardware that was released as 1176 where they don't do it backwards. It's more of a budget piece, but I thought that was a swing and a miss because if you reach for an 1176, you know, you know, all the way up at seven is fastest, yeah. you know? Um, and maybe it's because, I mean, when I first started recording in the analog world, the 1176 was my favorite compressor of all times. So... And it kind of I actually predates, think that's normal. But but is is it like that? Because I mean that was ve that was very early. I'm trying to think if it was if it wasn't the first compressor to offer control over attack and release, it was one of the first. It was if it wasn't the first, it was one of the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was so the whole because thing. of that, that it's like kind of like it hadn't common, yet been right? standardized. They were being obtuse. It was just kind of it makes sense in one way, but then everyone else went the other way and it left it as an outlier. So yeah. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201, Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects, called the AudioFuse Creative Suite, is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Autoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. Yeah. But we've got this sort of additional functionality, haven't we, that we wouldn't have had in the back in the hardware days. So how sort of important is it to remain faithful to the hardware when well, doing an emulation? That depends so, who you ask. Go on, Steve. Let's, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk the, the other... This is a hot-button issue for me, but when, when emulating hardware, uh, for instance, let's take the API 550 EQs. Mm. There is absolutely no reason to have the digital version locked to the 2 dB increments. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason. And I actually think Plugin Alliance does this well because that's turned off by default. And you can turn it on if you really want the hardware experience. But, you know, in digital, it doesn't matter if it's a switch or if it's a potentiometer. There's, you know, yeah. in, in hardware, there, there are sonic differences and there are, you know, reasons to choose one over the other, but it's a plugin. You don't need yeah, to do exactly. that. And, it's, and, not, it's not hardware. You know, and if you have dials, I think every dial should be, um, you should be able to interact with it in three ways. Click anywhere around it to auto set it right to wherever you clicked. Mm-hmm drag up and down or drag left and right. And they don't all do that. And that bugs me is when you have to figure out how the dials work. And if, if it's wiggy enough, I'll stop using that plugin because I can't dial it in fast enough and I just get frustrated. And then I start yelling at my computer. Sure. We should, Graham, we should bring, the, uh, bring you in on, on this one. We're talking about controls. Yeah. I want to kind of circle back and, and talk about feedback, talk about information that you're getting back. Now I'm, I'm guessing that, uh, I mean, I don't know, noise reduction, um, other kind of like kind of tasks like that where, where the eyes can help. Um, 
do you have preferences in there? Is does some ways of presenting that information work for you better than others? Yeah, I suppose it. It. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, I've got about maybe six voice, uh, six dialogue noise reduction plugins I use, and they're always up when I'm doing the dialogue passes and stuff. And they're all very different from something like Goyo, which has just got a three knobs, yeah. to uh, Waves. Um, what's it called? Clarity. Waves Clarity, which you can ex- expand in or buy the Pro version and have bands and blah, blah, blah. And you yeah. can see the waveforms coming in and the difference of it coming out. But, you know, at the end of the day, because they're all AI and they're doing most of the work for me, I, I can sort of dial it in without looking at them. Oh, okay. Sense? And I think that's the way it's all going to go eventually when AI just becomes more and more so powerful that you just end up with, like, the Waves One Knob series where you go on. Mm. Does everything for you. You don't have to think oh, anymore. Yeah. Certainly, from what I've seen of, of the Waves Clarity VX, it's called, isn't it? Um, said, the yeah. uh, um, there's VX the Pro, Pro version. I didn't even pay much attention to that because I saw the big blue one with one big knob in the middle and went, "Well, that seems to have it pretty covered." So, well. exactly, yeah. So <laughs> and I'm with you with Goyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goyo's. I mean, yeah, Goyo's an amazing little plugin, and it's incredible, right? We're still free. Yeah, which is yeah, crazy. I don't Unbelievable. understand how that works, but anyway, and and it does what it does. I mean, you can do yeah. extreme noise reduction, and you don't hear it. It's, yeah, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it, yeah, anything's impressive for free, but yeah, it is super <laughs> impressive. But but, it, but you know, what I mean, it shouldn't be free. I honestly don't understand their business thing, but there you go. Oh, I think what they must be doing is, I mean, surely that it must. It must be phoning home with data. That's why you do it, is to train the model better. So yeah, you get a yes. load of and users. And then eventually, all eventually of a sudden, you'll open it up one day and it'll say, you need to subscribe. Yeah. But, um, that day hasn't happened yet. $29.99 a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just as you've got really used to it and you love it. Wow. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, another plugin that I like is, is Krotos Studio. All, all the Krotos plugins, I love them, but... The, have, you, have you guys tried Studio? I, I haven't tried studio? it. I'm aware of yes. it because yes. it's the content that we carry about it. Yeah, I mean, it looks like yeah. the best fun, I have to it's, say. It's really, I, I used it a bunch on this movie I just finished. I really mm. enjoyed it. What's really cool about it, and Graham, I don't know if you've played with it like this, but I have it set up in a template where the four outputs are going to re- record-enabled yeah. tracks so I could just yeah. you know, record the performance, go back, edit, and throw them in where it and needs then, to. Yeah, adjust them. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, I do, but for the work that I do, I'm not. If I was doing features, I would probably do that. But for the work I do, I usually end up using the stereo mix down of it. I just get it as a how I want it, and then it becomes one of the many beds of backgrounds or something. Right. But it is a fantastic kit, piece of kit, and quite easy to work as a plugin. It's very. I don't think there's anything hidden much on it, and it's no nothing just hidden. Drag around, drag around, and you can um, control it with a MIDI controller too, which can make mm. it easier sometimes yeah yeah that's a great that's a great plugin but that so honestly you know that's something that they had to design from nothing because it's not something that exists in the real world right it's not a hardware emulation so they could do whatever exactly. they needed to and i think they did a great job on the ui on that yeah it's a bit like if you've got reformer pro which is their other one of their other plugins it's a bit like an extension of that it looks They've obviously got done that, found it works, and then they've expanded it out and done studio in a similar drag four corner type right. thing. It's really clever, but you're right because it's not based on any analog stuff, which obviously more and more plugins coming out are. Then they can 
do what they want, right. design it as they like. Just for audio suite plugins, presumably, I only work in Pro Tools, so I don't know. I wish you could move the render button to any of the four corners of the plugin, or at least to three where there's nothing, because my plugins are all on my right-hand screen, just the way my studio's set up, and every render plugin is on the right, which so means have to go I have extra to show long. them. If they were on the left, I could slip the whole thing off the screen and just have render, render, render. Oh, I see. Right. Because I can't do that because they have to be on the right, so they take everything up. That's a really nice point, actually, because what I do um, with my loudness meters, I I used to use ProLimiter, and now I use VizLM. But uh, because it's got uh, momentary, short-term, and integrated in a corner on the the right-hand side, it means I can tuck it in uh, just off-screen on the bottom left Mm. corner where not a great deal is going on. Yeah. yeah, and it just means I can keep an eye on it because I work off one monitor and it's, yeah, you know, exactly. it, it works well, perfectly. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I wish you could either just shrink every audio suite plug-in down to just the render button and possibly the name of it. So auto-align post render. That's all the rest super of minimal. Stuff yeah, yeah, I gotcha. do not want. Yeah, and I can just go... I could have all my render buttons lined up, know what they are, and just go render. I d- I do that totally. I mean, if I've got like a deplosive open, then yeah. all I'm going to use is I'm just going to make a selection and go that. I'm, but I'm not tweaking the settings. Yeah, I, I like yeah, that. Well, that's, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you do need to tweak the settings, you open it back out, obviously. Yeah. But, but when you've got nothing but twenty dialogue noise reducing things, you don't want the whole screen taken up. Yeah. Anyway, that's my little. It's a good suggestion, and that's 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 the kind of practical stuff that I'm talking about. So right, in the article when I was saying about being able to put away, say, the EQ graph in the in the Sonox EQ or being able to put away oh. the knee and the gain history and histogram and all of that stuff in the FabFilter compressor, for example, being able to yeah. do a limited, compact version of the plug-in UI because you don't always need all of that stuff. looks pretty, but, you know. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN-equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. Something I find really handy, um, you know, with plugins is the um, automatic gain compensation. Like with, um, I think you did a video on it, uh, Julian, the Sonox, uh, the Claro EQ. I'm I'm going to have to check. I certainly did a video on that. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, Um, yeah. But yeah, it's basically, you can sort of compare the timbre changes without sort of uh, letting the, the changes in level confuse you. And I don't understand why maybe more plugins don't do that. Well, it used to be very hard to do, but I mean, Mm. measuring loudness has advanced so much in the last kind of 10 or so years. But I mean, I'm I'm with you there of of kind of like it's, uh, I mean, so much of my time is spent, I'm very strict about this actually, about kind of like you have to, you have to AB against the dry signal and you have to level match or you don't know what you're doing. And you, you know, I mean. Sometimes it's just like three little tweaks, and you and you and you and you're about there. But it can be more. You can be chasing your tones. Multiply that up across multiple tracks and multiple plugins. Right. It's a lot of mix time. So and that, it's amazing how many EQs don't have makeup gain. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and popping trims in, and it all becomes a real, really tiresome. So yeah, and I'm with you absolutely. I mean, that's that's, really that, odd, I don't know it? if that's really a, a UI thing, but it's certainly a feature, and it's an important one. There's right. another thing, which is like, I mean. Why isn't there a button in all the DAWs 
that allows you to do a level-matched bypass of all of the all of the processing because you know i'd use that oh but, yeah yeah know. see I, I would as well and i'm yeah. sure it'd be a nightmare with loads of third party plugins i mean that probably wouldn't because it's only level i don't know i don't know i shouldn't i'm very wary of ever saying that doing anything in software is can't be that hard because what do i know i'm i don't write software so but uh yeah it strikes me as, as something that would be extremely useful mm. also things like um into plugin communication as well this is a um, drum that i like to bang um either yes, either, of, you might. either of you either of you uh, steve graham um plugins that talk to each other in a helpful way and kind of make your lives easier um are there any examples that you use or you've come across i can't think of any give me an example have of you what tried you mean. the isotope plugin they do it anyone? a lot yeah some of them do. i don't use isotope much i don't like it <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I've got it. I've got yeah, every version yeah. from six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, yeah. ten out. I think I bought that. Never used it. I mean, uh, obvious like examples it. are um, quite a bit of the Sound Radix stuff does it. So uh, yes. Auto Align 2 does it. I suppose Auto Align Post must do it. I've never used Auto Align. I don't Post. think so. I mean, I've well, got they've got to talk to each other to, to line up their respective phases with What's each other. What's it talking so. to, though? Auto Align Post 2 is just a standalone plugin, isn't it? Uh, is it, I, I'm, I'm talking. I'm, to, I'm talking about a plugin I've never used, so I need to reverse off that one. Nah, quick, but, no, I don't but think. But I, I just, when it came across, also Sound Radix Pi does the same thing of like it. It does its dynamic phase rotation in a group with lots of other. I mean, Sound Radix do everything pretty much. Oh, and Sonox Claro. You just mentioned Sonox Claro. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's and yeah. that's another one where where you've got frequency masking or potential frequency masking between mm. tracks. If you've got an instantiation of Claro on every single one in one of the uh. pages, it mm. shows you where these potential clashes might be. Yeah, that's what um, Isotope Nectar does as well by using uh, Relay. Uh, isn't yeah. it? What's, what's the one? Is it Neutron or? A Neutron as well. Yeah. Yes. yeah. There's okay. something yeah. that they do all together that um, helps with unmasking. Have a little like conf lab and get back to you and say, hey, you know what? You need to do this. So, <laughs> um, there, there are lots of examples where, the, where I, I mean, it's a thing that quite a few years ago when we were doing a bit of future gazing, and I said, hey, I reckon plugins are going to start doing this, and it did, and we felt terribly clever. So, you know. I guess now you, when you mention those plugins, I can see what you're talking about with things like Neutron and all those plugins that can sort of analyze what's there and then tell you what you need. I never used them. Never used them in post. So that's probably why I didn't have an answer. Ah, well, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. It's not the way I work in post. So maybe it's different in music. It must be different in music. I've, it's certainly been a, it's been a, a bit of a kind of like a topic that lots of people have been talking about for quite a few years in, in music is, is this idea about frequency masking and, uh, and, right. um, and, and carving. It's always like carving EQ, which is something that's, mm. I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but it's not a yeah. thing that personally I'm big on. Actually, I think it gets it gets more attention than I'm not saying it's it's a terrible idea. Um, there is merit in it, but I think it gets more attention than it credits. So. I, I think it's approaching the problem from the wrong direction. Mm. Honestly, okay. What <laughs> but, would you say the the di the best direction would be, then, Steve? Uh, Put you on the spot. I mean, being honest, <laughs> right? Be, being honest, use your ears. I mean, every sound yeah. needs to to fill a certain purpose and and just decide what they are ahead of time but i think and this is going to this is something completely different this is probably another podcast but i think it comes down to nobody bothers to think out the arrangements or the production anymore that is another podcast <laughs> that, that definitely is <laughs> yeah but that that's that's completely different but that's what i think i think those are compensating for for lack of prep lack of any pre-production or lack of any arranging 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or arranging in the DAW after the fact. And trying to fix a poor arrangement using lots of plugins, and some of them are bound to have inferior uh, user interfaces. And that's a beautiful little circular circular segue back to the there beginning. Because what I'm One trying knob. to do is I'm trying to push us along to uh, saying, well, I think it's an excellent time to go to Find of the Week. Perfect. Come on, that was smooth. You just said it. That was very smooth. (laughs) RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. Julian, what's your uh, what's your find of the week? Right, I'm being a little bit mischievous here. Just cause Steve's on, and he might find this amusing. But um, uh, um, our mutual friend William Whitman um, is 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 famously not that keen on people messing about with uh, with Beatles recordings. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, and I've, I found a great example of this. And this is actually, we've done quite a bit of content on the site, actually, about uh, this piece of software that you can use to extract um, and demix software, and you can manipulate it afterwards and do kind of like Melodyne-style pitch changing and stuff. And um, this isn't a particular comment about that product. It's about a comment about all of those products. So <laughs> uh, anything that demixes at the moment, it's I don't think the quality is there to be able to take that and use it in a production certainly not in any way so it's exposed um but what's absolutely fantastic uh, these these things are absolutely fantastic for is for ex- experimenting something i've used the demixing uh, features in acon acoustica for is for if i'm trying to learn a song i'm in a band if i'm trying to learn a song i just pull the audio into it and i just get rid of the other stuff that's masking the bit that i want to hear and if i want to hear my part kind of, you know, on its own. It doesn't matter if it's got some artifacts on it. I'm just trying to hear what notes are being played when. Mm. In the same way, uh, there's a YouTube channel, extremely good one, David Bennett Piano. Uh, he's this uh, young guy, very talented, very music theory, and uh, I like that stuff. And what he did with uh, Hit and Mix is he took a Beatles song, in this case Norwegian Wood, and reprocessed it so that it was used as an example in all seven modes and mm-hmm. it's, it was amazing. It really was. It was great. Really well-chosen example. So he starts off, and it's in Mixolydian, and he puts it into Ionian, he takes it through Lydian and all that, and explains how, and then does it in Locrian and illustrates what anyone who knows about Locrian already knows, which is that it's just a racket and it's got nothing to do with music. It's just there for complete, <laughs> completeness's sake. But the tonic cannot be a diminished. Anyway, there we go. Check it out. We'll put a, nice. a link in the podcast notes. Perfect. Um, Steve, what's, what's your find of the week? So as, as I was telling you when we started, I, I just finished a feature film project. And one of the things I was reacquainted with was just how incredibly versatile the Fender J-Bass is. I used it on every, this piece, uh, I had to write things from, you know, hard rock, heavy metal, all the way to orchestral sweeps. And passing off from like the, you know, electric instruments to orchestral and all that, man, you just, you cannot find a spot where the J bass doesn't work great. So my find of the week is just that, man, my J bass is just killing it. And I I just uh, was reacquainted with it over the past month as I was writing and recording all this music and uh, love it. It's just so versatile. There's a lot more to it than just Jacko impressions. 
Yes, you don't yeah. you don't have to yank your frets yeah. out and epoxy the fretboard. S- something I, I I I saw a thing the other day actually. Um, I I have a ja- I have a, a jazz bass, um, lovely thing, and um, to get a really authentic reggae tone. And this is oh, this you, was new. Do you know to the me. trick? I do now. You know the trick too. Yeah. yeah, I know the trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so neck pickup and then just roll the volume off, and it just, just loses a, the just top. a touch, just yeah, a bit. You hear it? Yeah, you just. And go I a just little heard bit it. And I went, and "That blunk. is genius." So yeah, yeah, yeah try that. Yeah, one. it's incredible. That and then you can get the whole. Uh, you can get every sound you need in that thing. Nice, that's cool. And um, Graham. Uh, okay, my find of the week is with more and more people like my kids, for instance, or everybody's kids, just consuming all the work we do on mobile devices, obviously through headphones, but sometimes through the speakers. I found a little app called Mix to Mobile, which is brilliant. You connect it in with Pro Tools and it, you, then you connect it to your phone and it plays your mix out your phone. And I know it whatever. well because I reviewed it on the site, so I'll put a, a link ah, to that into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a no, cool it's thing. It's a great little thing. Just for a oh, quick nice. check, sometimes if you're, I don't know, you're just unsure of something and you can check it, it's something else to check it on. Nice. Um, okay, what's yours? Yeah, so I thought it would be quite sort of fitting uh, for, for this topic. Um, have you heard of Midnight Audio? I'm not sure I have. No, so they, no, they've, they've just released something called an LOL compressor. And if you look at it, then you'll laugh, basically, because it's, uh, it just basically looks like a kid's kind of weird computer game or something it's just filled with emojis and like really bright kind of crazy colors um really really garish looking and um, but basically it's a compressor and oh, it's wow, got yeah. um yeah can you see it i just pulled it up that's yes. an absolute <laughs> we're all, nightmare we're all typing at me like it's, yeah. it's, it's mixing night audio did you say mi- midnight audio? N- midnight audio no it's mixing night audio oh my goodness yeah. so, and yeah no i found it now and yet that is my Why vision of I hell it was midnight <laughs> wow it's it a very appropriate one considering what we're talking about. Yeah. Like early video game for kids kind of interface. Yeah, basically. But I think it's quite clever in terms of, of marketing. It's definitely, um, you know, not going to appeal to everyone. But um, Oh, I love the LMAO at the bottom, the way yeah, they did that exactly. for the dials. And it stands for, what does it stand for? Uh, levitate, levitate, mash, awaken, and oxidate. I think awaken is, is to add a bit more air. It's making me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's pretty cool. I don't know how it sounds. I haven't tried it, but um, I just thought it just looked hilarious. Um, Excellent. All right. Well, that's that's fantastic. Right. That's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to Asher, Steve and Graham. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Production Expert Podcast. 